This is a broadcast of Holland United Church of Christ. At Holland UCC, we seek to open the mind and engage the heart. We are a community of justice, peace, and affirmation in Holland, Michigan, where everyone is welcome to the table. In that region, there were shepherds living in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. Then an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for see, I am bringing you good news of great joy for all the people. To you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign for you. You will find the child wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace among those whom God favors. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go now to Bethlehem and see this thing that has taken place, which the Lord has made known to us. So they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the child lying in the manger. We're told in uh, Luke's account of the birth of Jesus that he's born among the animals because there was, quote, no place for them in the inn. And scholars uh, debate whether the stable was uh, a barn-like structure or more likely uh, an actual cave where animals were kept. But either way, that phrase is striking. There was no place for them. There was no place for them. Here we celebrate on Christmas, God incarnate, the divine come to earth and there was no place for them. It's a staggering statement snuck into Luke's account the birth of Jesus. Now, of course, the inn, which didn't have room, wasn't a hundred-room holiday inn or a Radisson Suites, not even a comfort inn. But you'd think they would have found space to squeeze in this young mother about to give birth. There was no place for them. It reminds me of the story I heard recently uh, about Dominique Wilkins. Some of you will remember Dominique or Neek. He was a basketball superstar for the Atlanta Hawks in the 80s and early 90s. And apparently this past May, Dominique Wilkins was asked to leave a restaurant because he wasn't wearing the proper attire. And he adds, also because I was black. It was an upscale restaurant and they had kind of a dress code and apparently he was dressed in fairly casual attire. And so they asked him to leave. Imagine being a basketball legend. Uh, He used to push Michael Jordan to the brink in slam dunk contests. In fact, I think he maybe even beat him once or twice. Imagine being a Hall of Famer and being treated like this. And this didn't happen in just any city. This happened in Atlanta where he played and is the most well-known. Anyway, that story came to mind as I was picturing this reception, or lack thereof, that the Holy Family received 
in Bethlehem. There was no place for them is fitting because so much of Jesus' ministry was to folks who had no place, whether it was sex workers, tax collectors, poor peasants, religious misfits, or lepers, Jesus not only made space for such folks, he touched them. He sat at meal with them. He sat at table with them. He loved them. No one could be with Jesus for any amount of time and say, there was no place for me. There may have been no room at the inn, but Jesus always made room. And so the statement comes back to us this Christmas Eve, some 2,000 or so years later, who in our lives doesn't have a place? Who in our community doesn't have a place? Who in our world doesn't have a place? And of course, the corollary, what are we doing to make a place for them? One late night at the end of her sophomore year of college, Jackie sat in her parked car and made a phone call that would forever change the course of her life. She was the product of a charmed upbringing. Her father worked in finance. She went to a private schools. They had a pool, a nice pool in the backyard. All the advantages that an upper middle class suburban childhood could provide, along with all of the expectations. There was a standard to meet, Jackie says, and I had met that standard my whole life. I was a straight A student, the president of every club, and I played every sport I could. Jackie also followed her family's devout Catholic beliefs. She attended mass three times a week, volunteered as an altar server, and was the fourth generation of her family to attend her Catholic school. And so while Jackie was hoping for the best, she knew that the phone call that she had to make that night had the potential to not end well. You can't hate me after I say this, she pleaded, when, alarmed to, to be receiving a call in the middle of the night, her mother picked up. Oh my God, you're pregnant, was her mom's first response, before running through a litany of parental fears. Are you in jail? Did you get expelled? Are you in trouble? What happened? What did you do? Suddenly, her mom's silence matched Jackie's own. Oh my God, she said, you're gay. Yeah, was all Jackie could say in response. After what felt like an eternity, her mom finally responded, and I apologize for this response, I don't know what we could have done for God to have given us a fag as a child, she said before hanging up. As soon as the line went dead, Jackie began sobbing. Still, she convinced herself that her parents would come around to accept her despite what they perceived to be her flaw. As planned, she drove to Canada to celebrate her birthday with friends, and when her debit card didn't work on the second day of her trip, she figured it was because she was in another country. Once back in the States, however, she got a phone call from her older brother. He said, Mom and Dad don't want to talk to you, and I'm supposed to tell you what's going to happen. All your cards are going to be shut off, and Mom and Dad want you to take the car 
and drop it off at this specific location. Your phone's going to last for one more month. They don't want you coming to the house and you're not to contact them. You won't get any money from them, nothing. And if you don't return the car, they're going to report it as stolen. Jackie said she was bawling and finally hung, on, hung up on him because she couldn't handle it. Her brother was so firm, so matter-of-fact, it was almost as if he already didn't consider her family. From that moment, Jackie knew she was entirely on her own. She had no home, no money, no family who would help her, and that this was the terrible price she'd pay for being true to who she was, for being a lesbian. Stories like this, friends, just break your heart and unfortunately are all too common. As a pastor, I often get to hear people's stories, and that's one of the best parts of my job. But occasionally, it's really hard. It's really hard and it's painful. When people like Jackie share that there's no place for them in their home, with their own family, in their community, sometimes even in their church. And sometimes folks aren't welcome because of differing views on religion or politics. Too many churches around here would say to someone like Jackie, you're not welcome here. Or they might say, you're welcome here, but first you have to change. Very few will say there's a place for you exactly as you are. Well, here in the United Church of Christ, because we're serious about following Jesus, we say you always have a place here. There is room for you just as you are. Some of you have been involved in serving meals at the community kitchen and more recently at the refresh program. And here are people who are hungry, some of whom have no home to go to. And yet when you offer them a warm meal and look them in the eyes, you are saying to them, you have a place here. When you greet someone on a Sunday morning at Holland UCC, someone who might be walking in carrying pain that they've experienced elsewhere, and yet when you greet them with a smile and an open heart, you're saying, you have a place here. Every time you volunteer to babysit for our refugee family or drive them to an appointment or help them learn English, you are saying, you have a place here. Every time you write letters to the editor or show up to city council to speak about affordable housing, you are saying to those with housing insecurity, you have a place here. Every time you put a sign in your yard that says black lives matter or hate has no home here, you are saying you have a place here. Luke 2 says there was no place for them. Jesus was one of the original displaced ones. And think of who was involved in that nativity scene. Carlos Rodriguez puts it this way, it's an unwed woman who carries God. It's workers in the field 
the shepherds who hear from God. It's pagans from the east who recognize God. It's the marginalized neighborhood and the animals who welcome God. It's God who chooses the lowly and the broken to rise. And so when the God of the universe shows up in fragile form, with ten fingers and ten toes and utterly vulnerable and probably needing a diaper change, God is saying to us, you have a place here. As a friend put it, it's the ultimate word saying, I believe in you. I'm with you. I'm for you. I am you. And so on this Christmas Eve, as we celebrate the birth of the one for whom there was no room, remember in this coming week and year that God has made a place for you. And the most powerful thing you can do for someone else is to say by word or by deed, you, friend, have a place here. Amen. And may it be so. invited to join us for worship on Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. streaming on Facebook. You can also watch these messages on the Holland UCC YouTube channel. And for more information, how to get involved, or to support our work, like us on Facebook or visit hollanducc.org.